It's the Organic Life Podcast. My name is Matthew and on this episode, it's the final part of our conversation with forager, research herbalist and ethnobotanist Monica Wilde. I really hope you've enjoyed these chats as much as I have and remember you can find the full list of all previous episodes over at organiclife.me. Right, let's head to the beach then. So, I mean, we've obviously talked a fair bit about fungi and and foraging inland, but then if we look to the seas, you know, we've got this whole other treasure trove of nutrition and foodstuffs out there in the the form of seaweeds, haven't we? And and that's something that you also do, isn't it? A bit of seaweed foraging with with groups. Yes, I I do a lot of seaweed foraging. Um, Get out there in the cold depths of winter for the best seaweeds. Um, there's nothing, nothing as bracing as a, as a chilly day at the seaside. So what is it about seaweeds then? I mean, what, what's the, not just the attraction, I guess, but, um, you know, presumably there's a lot of health benefits available out there in the sea. There's a lot of health benefits. There's also some incredible tastes as well. Um, I think with seaweeds, you could sum it all up by pointing out that, you know, all life originally came out of the sea. So the sea is this big primordial soup that contains all the building blocks of life. And seaweed is like nature's ultimate multivitamin. Um, I mean, when you look at the nutrient profile of seaweed, it has um, all the vitamins, you know, including things like B12. Um, It has nearly all of the, um, you know, it's got iron, it's got magnesium, it's got selenium, it's got all of the amino acids, it's got all of the trace elements, including on a very, you know, very importantly, iodine, which, you know, is is needed by our thyroid gland to control our entire metabolism. When I say our entire metabolism, you you have to think of the fact that we are run by a series of very exquisitely timed biochemical reactions that are keeping you at the right temperature, not too hot, not too cold, that are keeping your blood at the right alkalinity, not too acid, not too alkali. It doesn't matter what you eat, your blood is always going to stay at a, you know, within a degree of alkalinity or you'd be in a coma. Mm-hmm. So our body's investing a huge amount in running the show. And to do that requires iodine. You know, even the little battery cells, the mitochondria, have receptors for thyroid hormones, which cannot be made without iodine. And it comes from the sea. Um, you don't get it in large amounts in inland, except in dairy and eggs, which are obviously, you know, baby foods, where iodine is crucial to the developing baby brain. And with, with a lot of people going dairy-free, with people eating less eggs... Um, I would certainly say anybody who is is vegan should absolutely have seaweed in their diet several times a week. What are some of the the common seaweeds uh, that that we can find, and and you know some of the health benefits, some of the culinary benefits as well? Well, the most common ones are the racks, which um, are all over the you know the high tide and mid tide zone, so bladder rack, egg rack. And they really need to be picked when they're very, very young, in which case when you steam them, they taste a little bit like runner beans. Um, But very quickly, they become less culinary attractive, shall we say. Um, A lot of the really 
um, tasty ones are the, the red seaweeds like dulse, um, pepper dulse and Dumont's tubular weed, which you can eat, um, well, certainly with pepper dulse and tubular weed, you know, you can eat them raw. They're incredibly tasty. Um, chop them up and use them as seasonings, put them raw into salads. Um, dulse itself does need a little bit of cooking. Um, a lot of the green seaweeds like gutweed and sea lettuce are absolutely beautiful, just flash fried with some sesame seeds and a little bit of salt or some soy sauce. Um, and then, of course, you've got the bigger kelps, which you have to harvest when the tide is really, really low. So all weed, sugar kelp, dabalox, and they tend to be the highest in iodine. Um, the Japanese call them kombu. And you have to be a little bit more you know, careful about those because, you know, iodine's good for you, but not in excessive amounts. So, you know, if you um, occasionally you hear of, you know, weight loss fat where people go out and they'll get the deep water kelps and make up a really strong tea and drink three cups a day. And well, after several days of that, you're going to blow up your thyroid and have, have problems. When you look at places like Japan, where people have longevity and really good health and eat a lot of seaweed, they don't eat the same thing every day. They eat different species in different types of meals. This goes back to what we were saying when we were talking about mushrooms. Variety, 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 diversity, diversity, diversity. Do not do the same thing every day. You know, if you eat, you know, um, a wheat cereal for breakfast and a sandwich for lunch and pasta in the evening. And you do that every day for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, day in, day out, you're going to have problems. But there's nothing wrong with wheat in itself if it's a reasonably wild sort, if it's organically grown, properly milled, and it doesn't have lots and lots of chemicals in it. Um, so, you know, look for diversity. And the nice thing about seaweeds is that um, certainly around the British Isles, um, you're not going to find any poisonous ones. So you can just nibble and taste and find the really, really tasty ones. Um, I mean, some of them are a bit too tough or some of them are like have the texture of hair. Some of them are a bit like fish food. But in there, there's some real gems, some really tasty ones. We've talked a lot uh, in this series about the environments of plants, you know, more than just the plants themselves. What um, level of uh, an issue is, is pollution in seawater these days when it comes to seaweed? Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, we're very lucky in Scotland in that we have these lovely, clear, you know, waters still. Um, there's a lot, um, it's, it's fairly easy to find out information about water quality the sewage against um, surfers against sewage website is a very good way um, because a lot of people go surfing and want to know about the quality of water as well. And there's the um, clean beach, I think it's the green flag clean beach standard. So water is monitored around the coast. And the last time I really looked in detail, there were only two places, one right at the mouth of Aberdeen and one right at the mouth of Glasgow, where it was um, completely... Um, I'd say toxic, that's possibly a bit too strong, but I certainly I certainly wouldn't go looking for seaweed at the mouth of a river that's coming out of a town, anywhere near a sewage outfall, obviously, although most sewage is properly, you know, there shouldn't be um, places where untreated sewage is going into the sea anymore. Um, if you look for indicator species, 
So things like sea anemones, do you know those? They're little, they look like sort of little round red blobs of jelly. And when the tide comes in, they open up and they have all these little legs that wave around, hundreds of little legs that wave around. They look like little flowers almost. Well, they're an indicator species. So if you've got those around, um, you know, the water's going to be pretty pure because, you know, if it wasn't, they're the first ones to go. Um, so again, it's it's knowing that it's knowing the habitat. If you If you find that there's a lot of green algae, um, particularly near the mouth of a river, you've probably got high nitrogen, so you've probably got fertilizer runoff. So you get to know the habitat. But most of Scotland, we have these incredible, um, you know, clean waters and, um, you know, lovely unpolluted coasts, albeit with the, you know, mandatory amount of plastic containers and things that are being washed up, sadly. You know, do take a bin bag with you and do a bit of a litter pick as you go along. And, you know, an abundance of seaweed just, um, you know, I, I do two trips to the coast a year when I'm not teaching to harvest what everything I need for the whole year. And that's, you know, you, you could just do one or two trips a year and have your family, you know, furnished with seaweed for a year. Monica, I could talk to you all day, but I'm conscious of time. Um where, if the listener wants to check you out online, where can the listener find you? Um, well, I've got um, um, website, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that. Try to keep up with them all. But um, basically, monicawild.com or on Facebook, Monica Wild Forager is my page. Twitter and Instagram are just at Monica Wild. And... Um, yeah, and, and there's also a lot of other really good foragers in Scotland now. Um, I mean, when I first started teaching, I think there were only two of us in the whole of Scotland. And now there's lots of um, younger people who are teaching all over the country, which is great. So we, a couple of us a few years ago, formed an association for people who teach called the um, Association of Foragers. So there's a website, foragers-association.org where you can find a list of lots of different people teaching in your area. And, you know, if you want to go out and learn more about it, there's a variety of teachers and prices and courses. And, you know, quite often, you know, the Forestry Commission and people will, will put on different things in different places too um, that anybody can access. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Organic Life. And remember, you'll find the full list of episodes over at our website, organiclife.me. Huge thanks to Monica for joining us on this season. I'll put all the links you mentioned there in the show notes. And be sure to give her a follow on the old social media if you partake of such things. Uh, let her know where you found her too. And hopefully that will encourage her to come back on the podcast in the future. We're only just scratching the surface here. Okay, thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next one.